I'm Janine, and this is Outside the Box. Today's special guest is Ryan Boland. Hi, Ryan. Ahoy, how are you? Good. I never know where you are. Uh, let me see. Uh, the name of your book, give me a second. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's Don't Take Yourself So Seriously. Maybe that's, no, that's not the subtitle, no. It's, uh, it's Ditch the Act. I love uh, it. And I'm ditching the act here from my home in Long Beach, in my office, uh, and, and the light is natural light that's shining in on my face, which is always nice. Perfect, perfect. You know, I, I love the title of the book, Ditch the Act. How did you come up with this idea? Well, funny story is that the title was something completely different, and mm -hmm. Ditch the Act was part of the subtitle. Oh, so if, I know you're very familiar with the publishing process and we went with a traditional publisher, McGraw Hill, and there's a whole, you know, backstory to that. Mm -hmm. a, a little unknown fact, you don't actually have to write a book to get it bought. We didn't know that. And so you can actually write a very well-written book proposal, which mm -hmm. gives everything that a publisher wants to know, including marketing plans and all these crazy things. Okay. And then based on that, they might buy the book. So we had the book bought, and I say we, myself and co-author Leonard Kim. Okay. And the initial title that we sold it with was Expose Yourself. Okay. Ditch the act to reveal the surprising power of the real you. Interesting. And the, the concept of the book is that, you know, we all have these different faces and masks that we put on. You know, mm -hmm. if, if, if you were in a Zoom meeting with somebody else, maybe there might be a, a different uh, different atmosphere. Or if it's with your friends or your family or a loved one, like maybe who cares? And you're just like totally, yeah. you know, bobbing around. Exactly. <laughs> but then when it's your boss, you're like, oh, wait, yes. get my work shirt on, right? Right. And so Move the laundry. You know, a lot of people are, a lot of people are, are institutionalized for having more personalities than one. Yet a lot of us have multiple personalities. We have these different acts that we put on mm -hmm. and it becomes very taxing. So right. from a personal standpoint, I was putting on an act, uh, trying to act as if I was a global speaker. And that's what I thought you should do, right? I mean, you right. wear the suit, you talk the talk, you get the, the good photos on stage, mm -hmm. you write the blogs, but it didn't give me any traction. And there are a lot of people, a lot of people who put on this image of, uh, I'll, I'll say your highlight reel, R-E-E-L. Yes. yes. It's only the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did, but I didn't get traction. Nobody wanted me to t speak. Uh, people weren't reading my blogs, no engagement on social. Cause it was just like, look at how great I am. Sure. And as soon as I started to share what was actually not going right, people started to see that I was human mm -hmm. that I was actually a lot more like them than not. And one of the core concepts from this book is that people don't really care about your story of success. You might think that, but they actually care more about how they see themselves in your story. Oh yeah. So when I meet somebody and they want to talk about how to gain more traction with a personal brand, I'll go right to their bio and I'll say, can you show me where I can find your bio? And we'll look online, whether it's on LinkedIn or, or their, their website and I'll read it. And it just says, I'm a badass. I'm a badass. I increase sales by this million dollar man, million dollar woman, all this, all this. And I'm like, you sound like a total badass but I don't relate to you. Mm -hmm. And so the book is about how, you know, revealing what more than just the good is what actually lets people get to know you. And when people get to know you, they have a choice of whether they want to like you. And if they like you, not everybody has to, then they might trust you 
They might become loyal to you and your content and they'll see you as a, as a trusted source, as an authority based on your being human. So the real, the, like the book is, is a, is a way to tease out what a long form bio is that's authentic. Mm -hmm. We have something called the exposure resume. All the things that you are hiding from your resume, Put them that's in. where your experience <laughs> is, right? You don't talk yeah. about the startup that failed, but when you do and the lessons learned, that's when you start to win. So I said all of that, but at the back of the book, it says two very simple words. Be human. Be human. Yes. That's it. Um, I'll share something with you. Um, people have asked me, did you always want to get into radio? And when I was little in New York, I'd listen to the radio and the DJs felt like my friends. I would try to call in. They were like rock stars. And if you could get in and talk to them, it made your day. But I was a very insecure person. I studied radio. And I feel like you do things in life because they can help you grow. So you need to be open to that. And when I share pe with people that I'm sort of an introvert, and this is who I really am, and my SAT scores were abominable, and I almost bombed out of Syracuse, um, they like that because I'm being honest. I'm being real. Yeah, honestly, when you were saying those things, <laughs> I thought back to my SAT scores. I'm like, oh, right? now I don't feel so bad. Uh, you know, like, like just that one little thing. But who admits that they didn't do well on a test because there's so much inflation on that you have right. to do amazing. Yes. And we're taught that your numbers, your scores, your grades, that is your value. And you know, it, it really is deceiving um, the right. media messages when the real connectivity comes with people who are human. And if you look at some of these super celebrity rock stars, it's when they're human that things go viral. Uh, you know, right. it, it's, You're it's, right. it's when you feel like you could connect with them or be their friend, that's when there's that connection. So it's, yes. it's kind of a play on the old no like, and trust, but you're, you're really just trying to meet people where they're at and get comfortable in your own skin. Because when you're putting on these different acts, it really becomes like stressful. And so sure. as soon as I started to, to myself ditch the act, I started to get more gigs, started to get more connections. I, I would present myself not as who I was acting as if I'm like, no, this is me. I got all this experience. I got all this unique stuff. I'm not like that other person. This right. is what you get. And they're like, yes. okay, right. That's cool. I mean, for instance, I'm looking at you right now and you have a, is that a boogie board, snowboard in the background? Okay, so I've, I've got my skateboard, which I, skateboard. I love to be on the land as though yes. I'm on the I've wave. I've seen you at the station. Then, then I have my, my, uh, my endo board, which is a balancing board that oh. interacts, balance having to do with surfing and whatnot. Okay. And then I've got, uh, well, I've got my scuba tank. My spear gun is on my sailboat because I just spent four days on that. But, you know, that. And I love nature. So I got a plant here. You got a plant. Yeah. <laughs> and the book in the background. And the but book. But it says a lot. Like here, this is Ryan, you know? Yeah. And th this is the most real, you know? Because I've seen you on the stage. And, but it's cool. It's, yeah. I mean, I think this whole quarantine has given people a chance to really ditch their own acts. And have they, you have to reveal your, yourself because here we yeah. are. You have to get comfortable looking at your mug on Zoom. Like we're not used right. to that. I know. Like you're like, oh, and, but at a certain point, you, you forget about it. So I've, I've taken the opportunity to work on a lot of different things, including launching a stick figure store, which is almost coming Ooh, out. Nice. But I went back to Toastmasters and because I can okay. do it virtually because before it was in Dana Point, just too far. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic to where you are comfortable with these people. And now there's this digital shield 
but you, you, I find myself giving tons of grace to everyone and grace to myself because right. you forget the medium and you, and you focus more on the message. Yes. Yes. People are forced to do that now. You oh, can't I know. hide as much. That's true. So let's jump into, I wanted to have you on for several reasons, your book, but also with so many people out of work, would you have advice for people that need to work remotely right now? The types of, um, skills and knowledge they will need to get into the job market remotely. Yeah. And I, I think I'll even go one step before that okay. and say that the best thing you can do right now is to build your personal brand mm-hmm. and you are your brand. So it's not as much building as much as it's narrowing down and identifying what you will want to be known for. And so I believe that a personal brand is not just what you want to be known for. It's not like all of a sudden I want to be known and I'm like, there I am. And I can't assume that it's what Jeff Bezos says entirely, which is your brand is what people are talking about when you're not there. I believe it's the intersection between the two. And so one of the first things that you should do is really have a hard look at what you want to be known for. And then actually ask people, what they think about you. And then you'll find a baseline. And we have this, it's called the rapid reflection discovery process. And I love using post-it notes for it. But I would reach out to my friends and say, give me some words that you know that describe me if you're describing me to somebody else. And you're going to have your impressions that the the same things that got you excited about bringing me on the show, like the thoughts Mm -hmm. of me. Yes. And independently, I would write down all the things that I am excited about that I want to be known for. And when I take those lists and I multiply it by many people, you start to get some data and you're like, I want to be known as a speaker and people see me as a speaker. Check in the box. Boom. I can now own that. And once you're able to decide what you want to own, you start creating content around it. I like that. And I, know I have a new theory called the bad content theory. I'm curious? Okay. I, I work with people and, and I have people reach out to me all the time to, to, to work with me. And one of the biggest struggles they have is what content to create and then actually the sweaty monkey finger, like just to hit the button. Okay. And so for those people who aren't ready or who are learning, I have this exercise called the bad content theory. Can you create the content? Yes. Do you want to share it? No. Why? Because it's bad. Okay. (laughs) Start to create bad content. If you want to make videos, I want you to make a bad video every week. Like, like, like there's no expectation. In fact, if it's good, I'm going to be like, why are you so good at that? Right. Because the best way to get better at something is to do it. And your bad videos will slowly get better until there's a point where you get comfortable to share it because they're actually good. But if you don't start creating in the first place, if you, if you have a book idea, but you don't put anything down, mm-hmm. it will never happen. Very so true. I remind people that successful people, are not doing what everyone else can do. Successful people are doing what everyone can do, but not everyone does. Everyone can write a blog. Everyone with a cell phone can make a video. Everyone can post something on social media, but not everyone does. It's taken me years of drawing stick figures, like years. It's just like, it's a stick figure, but like every day I'm improving my craft. It's so good. and if I stopped to do it, but you should see the beginning ones. They were really? bad stick figures. <laughs> but but the, the point is, yeah. 
if I were to step back and answer your question, first figure out what you want to be known for. Instead of trying to find a job, mm-hmm. find the problems that you're good at solving, what, what you're excited about doing. Because if you get a job and you're not even excited about it, you're like, that's, that's terrible. Right. So find and look, look inside first, get some verification and validation from other people to make sure that, that you're, you're starting from a starting point. You're not like, hey, it's the new Ryan. I'm right. here. Yeah. <laughs> and then start to create content, but, but create it. You don't have to post it. You have to create it. And once you create it, you'll get those good habits of content creation. And if you want to have any type of digital footprint, you need to create content. So true. And that is how an employer is going to judge you. They're going to size you up by what they can find about you. Yeah. And if your bio actually shows that you're a human, they might connect better. If you're sharing how these challenging times is what has really tapped into your passion for blank, and you can show that with expertise and repetition and content, then you start to create this narrative. I mean, think of it like writing a book. If, if you're not actively participating in the scenes that are coming out, mm-hmm. then the world's just going to write it around you. We've all blasted through a month and been like, what happened there? Crap, exactly. I didn't create anything. Right. So, I know that was a long answer and coming from a guy who values simplicity, it might be ironic, but that's why <laughs> I'm always interested in learning to say less. No, it's good. I, it's so funny. I'm listening to you. I'm thinking, now, do I go back and tweak my resume and say, you know, once, uh, you know, failed her SATs, almost got kicked out of XYZ school, um, caught cheating in eighth grade, you know, I mean, <laughs> because... It, it is relatable. And, and when, we, when we do drop our guard and we're real, that makes us stand out. Yeah. And your expertise is rooted in your experience. And the experiences that kind of get handed to you that sort of fly by that like you get the A's in the classes, like that doesn't really give you expertise. Right. It's when you did get caught cheating or when you did almost fail out or you, you made the Dean's list on the wrong side of the Dean's list. Mm -hmm. And then you had to stop, evaluate, change your habits, change your outlook, change your mentality, change your mindset and grow through that. You know, uh, speaking of UCI, Michael Denon, uh, it's just, I work for him, but I I admire him and he has a TEDx talk about the difference between success and winning. And there's a big difference you want to be successful. You don't necessarily have to or should win. And employers are more interested in resilience than they are in the hard like uh, track record of people who are straight A's. In the marketplace right now, if you say, I've had A's for my entire career, in fact, A pluses, and boom, I'm right up here, versus somebody that says, you know what? I came from a, a disadvantaged background. I didn't have the support that I needed. I almost failed out of college. And there was an epiphany where I realized nobody but me was going to make this happen. And that's when I got serious. That's when I turned my, my D's into C's, my C's into B's. And I'm so proud of my 3.0 that I, couldn't even, I can't even tell you. Like, I am that. It's not my end result. It's how I got there. Yeah. And we live in a world where if you are not able to deal with uncertainty or if you panic when something goes wrong, then you're not the right employee because right. things are going wrong all the time right oh, now. Oh, big time, especially right now. Yeah. yeah. I know I talk about that where 
we have to be resilient at every age and it, your GPA and your test scores really don't matter because if you're not sharp mentally, physically, emotionally, you can't deal with ambiguity and be resilient. You're really nowhere because we're constantly going to be bombarded by life's curveballs, you know? So, and, and you will, you will constantly get no's, but I, so at UCI, I've got three interns. And one of the things that I do is I really invest in them. You know, it's not that they're just uh, plugging numbers and typing emails and posting, and I'm proud to share that uh, two of my three interns have gotten a full-time internship, uh, one at Intel and one at Experian. Oh, fantastic. And, and what's interesting is that like you hear we're talking about getting jobs, but what are they doing? They are pounding the pavement. They are out there. Like we've, I've talked with them about so many interviews that went wrong and we do mock interviews again and we try. And so like you have to take that, that mentality of a graduating senior. Right. And if you are late stage in your career, tap into that like, oh crap, if I don't actually get out there and go find that dog, the dog's mm-hmm. not going to come to me. And so it's inspiring to see these young individuals who, who are in the most uncertain time in their lives. They can't even graduate like a normal person. I know. Yet they have the choice, just like some, we have the choice. Right. And it's in those small choices, those daily activities it's not like this guru successful person uh, just became that overnight. It's about consistent overtime, long-term decisions. And the clock starts when you start, right? I mean, yeah. we, we can think about reevaluating right. our resume and reevaluating our bio all day long. And we have a sense of satisfaction. Uh, I just took a class from Vin Gaying. Uh, an amazing speaker from Australia. I shared the stage with him in Texas. I connected and I wanted to take his course. And he said, Ryan, acquisition of knowledge, you read a book, you take a course, you hear a live lecture, you hear you speak and you're like, wow, that makes me feel satisfied. I feel satisfaction. Yeah. But that's it. The real difference is that when you apply that knowledge, if you take what's in Ditch the Act and you actually redo your bio or you, you go through one of these exercises or you do the 313 challenge, you actually apply the knowledge, that's what creates fulfillment. So you have a lot of people that are satisfied but not fulfilled because they're gaining the information but they're not yeah. applying the information. And I just think that's such an amazing Very reminder. Smart. Yeah. Like, yeah, grab my book and read it. But if you just read it, you're going to feel good. You're going to feel like, oh, I can right. do this. But if you don't do anything about it, you're not going <laughs> to feel anything change. or go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So what about people who want to start a new venture? They want to, you know, create something new. What advice would you give to that? Start with a problem. I have this really fun workshop that I bring people through of how to actually come up with an idea to start. And the real skinny of it is this, and you can, you can, if you're listening or watching this, you can follow this, write down a list, at least 10 of the biggest, bloodiest, most annoying problems that either you have in your life or that you've heard people complain about. Okay. Okay. (laughs) For example, I'm trying to find an inflatable seat for my rubber dinghy that is no longer made. And so I went, I bought a fender and that didn't work. Now I'm looking for another altar. Like this is a problem. It's not, it's a first world problem, but it's a problem that I have. I cannot find what I want. And so that would be a list like, okay, the problem is I can't find this specific dinghy seat. Yes. Now I, you know, I, I slip when I go outside, I hit my head. I can't order. Something takes too long. You write a comprehensive list of things that are problems. 
Then you narrow it down to the three biggest problems. Then you narrow it down to the one biggest problem. And once you have that one biggest problem, you ask yourself, how could I solve this problem using either technology, a service, or a physical product? That's it. Those are the three types that you either have a service, a physical product, or um, a technology. And then you come up with this thought exercise of how you could do that based on those three solutions, which one solves the problem the fastest, the easiest. And now you have an idea that's worth looking into because people don't care what you do. They don't care about your business. They don't care about your product. They care about what their problem? problems being solved. Yeah. And so a lot of times people, and I, you know, I, I started the entrepreneurship center at UCI. I've worked with thousands of, of, of entrepreneurs from super early stage to, you know, they run billion dollar companies and you don't just come up with an idea by coming up with an idea. Right. Almost all businesses or almost all worthwhile ventures solve a particular problem. Mm. And an example of very low hanging fruit, if somebody is trying to become self-employed for the first time or work as a side hustle, you can become a virtual assistant and help solve particular problems with people. I have an assistant. I'm glad to pay my assistant for the things that I have the problems that I need help with. Right. And so don't think, oh, I'm going to be a VA. Start talking with people and finding out what the problems that they're having are and then find either a technology, a service, or a physical product Great to idea. help them solve that. So it's, it's a, I, I do that with, uh, with high school uh, students, with college, uh, with college students. And the activity is they actually have to come up with an infomercial in real time. They have to act it out and they have to film it into a 30 second infomercial. And so it just fast tracks all the thoughts of marketing and how it works, but it's a process cool. that mm -hmm. helps you come up with something worthwhile. Great that idea. That means you're solving a problem. Mm. Now, um, are you giving a lot of talks right now online where people can see you? I am. I, I just, um, I have probably two in my inbox that I'm yet to reply to from this morning. I think I got five podcast requests last week. Um, I have two podcasts. I have my 313 Challenge. I have my World of Speakers podcast. And I've, I, I definitely got all of my speaking engagements chopped like everyone. Yeah. But they are slowly peaking and rising. And I'll Good. tell you what I'm doing. I'm not out there saying, can I speak at your event? Please, please, mm -hmm. please. I have just continuously created the same content that I've been creating. Stick <laughs> figures every day. You know, you know, thought leadership that's just my thoughts bringing in other leaders. Mm -hmm. And so because I have, I have this other, I love my theories. I have this content curve theory. Everybody's talking curves, right? Okay. When's the curve coming? The next curve. Yeah. There is a content curve happening right now. Tell and me about that. Part of the content curve. Yes. Then you're not going to be, nobody's looking at anything but, but that. That's and true. So yeah, nobody's necessarily looking or watching or grading you. But if you're not creating content, people won't think to have you come and be content for them. That's so true. I've done a lot of stuff online the past two months. I mean, I, and as you said, it's like, I'm not reaching for it. They're coming to me. It's been amazing. Yep. And outside the box I launched because I thought, okay, well, self-care resilience is great, but that's not going to get people work. That's going to help them build the armor to stay strong and be resilient and all that. But um, outside the box really came about because I decided to reach out to people like you and 
had people talk about where are the opportunities? What do you, where's the, what's your mindset? You know, what am I going to do next and how am I going to do it? And it's been unbelievable. I was going to yeah. do it for 10 days and I thought, forget that. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> hey, but you started, right? And, yeah. and, and again, that's, that's the important thing. Yeah. I, I hear people all the time talk about the podcast that they want to start or I, I right. want to do this. And I'd be like, well, what's stopping you? Yes. And it's, it, it, it's, it's themselves. And it again, is. if your blog's not going to be good, then create a bad blog. And then create another bad blog, and yes. then another bad blog, and your your blogging skills will only uh, only get better. Definitely. And I don't know about you, but I started my day having a conversation with somebody on Zoom, and it was somebody I didn't know. She was she called in from uh, Bulgaria, and these conversations and these connections would probably not have happened if it wasn't for the quarantine. So every day I'm learning, I'm connecting, I'm. I'm, you know, just expanding my mindset and the show and it's been tremendous. And I recommend that to anybody. Yeah. And I will also throw the caveat that uh, this time has really let people's true personalities come through. Mm -hmm. And just as important it is to be inspired by new people, it's really a chance to take lock, stock and barrel of the people you surround yourself with. So we all find ourselves strapped with time strapped with, uh, with effort, with, with, with self-care, with all these things. And one of the things that I'm going to look back on and be most proud of is my decision to actually enforce and reinforce the, the, the relationships that I want and make a conscious effort of stepping back and stepping away from people who have either been toxic or are bringing negativity or don't have the right or the same mindset. And I think you need to make sure you watch out for those people because you know, misery does love company. And yes. it's one thing to support and, and be empathetic, but it's another thing to have those individuals drag you down. You uh, bet. And, and, and back to the conversation on starting a business, you know, I've, I've had business partners that have lied, cheated, stole from the company, physically threatened me. I've had the whole wake. And sometimes you just don't see those red flags. And I think for me, this pandemic has had uh, a benefit of the forced distance and, and really understanding who in my circle is, is bringing me up and that yes. I can, that, that I feel good with and about. And it's, it's an ironic example because my co-author, uh, this is, this is our child together, but we're no longer working together. I, I've left influence tree, a company I built mm -hmm. over five years because where Leonard wanted to go was a different direction than I wanted to go. Right. And I think if this pandemic hadn't have happened, maybe there still would have been a mesh line. But it gave me the opportunity and the, the courage Space. and the strength to say, yeah. this is what I, I want to do. And Good. I feel more confident as a result. So Good. I know this is a great time of introspection and kind of peeling the way, away the layers of who you are and what you want and what's right for you. And anybody or anything that's toxic is not going to be healthy moving forward. So that's great. You came to that realization and where you are right now. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, I have, okay, let me talk about bad content. I have been bad about, uh, trusting people too early. Uh, but I retrospectively look back and the more times that I trust people or that I get hurt or that, that relationships don't work out, I am technically getting better at that. You so are. There, there is lining to that where right. just as writing 1500 bad blogs will make the 
1600 that much better. Yeah. I always look for how can you take the learning lessons from this relationship and it may be fodder for a book, uh, two or three books down the line. You a know, good but one. A really good you one. Have to, you have to give yourself the opportunity to process the opportunity to create uh, that, that space. Mm-hmm. I have a, let me see if I, if I, I was at an EO event and I met this gentleman who is this kind of uh, classic, I, I'll call him a famous hippie. Okay. He's been around forever and he's like the meditation guy, Bert Hodgkins. This is his book. It is <laughs> an owner's manual, just like you get Simple. in your VW bus. In your, in your glove compartment. Yes. Yeah. It's so great. And so I was reading this while I was on the boat. Uh, I took, I took a, a digital detox and he talks about this concept of space. When something bad happens, whether it's a business partner or your book's not performing like you want, or your, mm-hmm. your keynotes get cut, or you have a loss of income, or you'll, all these things that happen, you have to react to it and you have to choose your attitude. Yes. And the smaller amount of space that you give yourself to make that decision, chances are you're going to make either the wrong decisions, a rash decision, you're going to say something that you didn't want or make a decision that'll backfire later on. His analogy is this. Imagine the space in your brain as liquid. And if it's just the size of a puddle, just the size of a puddle, and somebody steps on that puddle, boom, everything gets spread everywhere. And you have no time to react. Like all of a sudden the puddle goes from a puddle to just like spray. Wow. Now, okay. if you're more aware of, of, your, of giving yourself space, and let's say you're more, you know, you do some breathing exercises or you do a little bit of meditation or you write the email and then you don't send it. You know, mm-hmm. you give yourself a little space. Done That's that. like maybe more of a pond. And so let's say you take a brick and you throw that brick in the pond and it lands in the middle. It kind of has little waves that come out. Yes. But it gives you chance by the time that the ripples go from the middle of the pond until it hits the shore. And he said, if you really want to get good, and you really create that space and you learn to not react, Right. it's like the ocean. You take a brick, you throw it in the ocean, you have, there's no ripple okay. effect. It yeah. just doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. So I've been taking time to take time Good. to process. Good. And I think that's a key. Let's say you get fired and you might be like, ah, and you freak out. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, like the more space you Breathe. create, yeah. the better decisions you can make. You bet. So unfortunately, we have to wrap, but what's your website again? So ryan.online. That's oh. where you go. Okay. Yeah. If you want to f- like find that. me online, just in your browser, type ryan.online. Easy to remember. And I do have a new weekly newsletter. Uh, okay. It's taken me five years to have the courage to send an email to my contacts. So <laughs> frightening. But this is the third week it went on in a row. And the first week I was like, oh gosh, oh gosh. Second week I'm like, oh. Third week I'm like, oh. And so I'm, I'm, I'm actually like, you're peering over the edge. <laughs> I am. I'm like, I'm like, okay. So I actually now have a newsletter that people can sign up for. Good. And I love it because I give you something to listen to something to, uh, wait, listen, watch and see. That's it. It like, fits within it. It's not one of those long salesy things that starts you into oh, a good. conversation. Some of those are like, like, really? It's an encyclopedia. Yeah. Like just because you put some white space in there, you think I'm going to read it? No. I just, yeah. I, if you want something to listen to, something to watch, and something okay. to see, go to ryan.online and you'll find me. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. 